Hey everyone, this is Trisha Gelman, the CMO of Drift, and I'm here with another episode of CMO Conversations. Today I'm going to bring you the second part of my interview with Kirsten Newbold-Knipp, the CMO of Full Story. In my first conversation with Kirsten, we had so much to talk about that we decided we needed to break the episode into two parts. If you haven't already listened to the first part, I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode first. That said, here we are. One of the things that Kirsten is extremely passionate about is mentorship. And we're going to talk about how to be a good mentor, how to find a mentor, and why mentorship matters. So let's get into it. This is a very relevant topic to me because we have a younger marketer on the team and all about sort of how do you reach out? How do you connect to people? She reached out to me and she said, hey, I love your podcast. I'm a young marketer. I like to listen to the podcast series. I learn things from it. You have a newsletter and it's great that you're teaching people all of these things, but it makes me realize that like, there's so much I can learn and I feel like I need a mentor. Like, Did you ever have a mentor? Did you ever work with somebody? And like, can you suggest to me like how I might do this? And I think this is something you expressed that you're very passionate about. And so I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about like, why are you passionate about helping either mentor people or help them introduce to the idea of mentoring? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I even, um, when it comes to the topic of mentoring, it was very top of mind years ago, so much so that at my, I won't say how many years, grad school reunion, at my many years grad school reunion, there is a group of us. We have a, a Sloan women's group that gets together every year and some number of us travel and see each other and hang out. And it's pretty amazing. But during our reunion, when everyone was back on campus, we actually put together a set of lightning talks that were like seven minutes on different topics. And as we sourced topics from folks, asking them, hey, what do you want to learn about? The topic of mentorship kept coming up. And then of course we asked each other, okay, who can talk about this? And we all look at each other sort of blank stares. We're like, I don't know. Are you doing it well? I don't know. Are you doing it? Do you have a great mentor? What we sort of came to realize was that the idea of the mentor of old, the I'm going to take you under my wing and I'm going to bring you along with me in my career. And you're going to learn all of the 27 things that you need to know to be successful at insert job X. That almost doesn't exist at all anymore. And rather what we sort of all concluded, and eventually two of us joined up and did this talk. And we said, here's what we've learned from talking to all of you and from thinking about what's worked in our careers is that now I sort of talk about my personal board of directors, which comprises many mentors and they're mentors that I look to for different things. I would say my dad is still on that personal board of directors, although increasingly less so. He retired a long time ago now, and then it's like he's less connected to what I'm up to, but still there for great advice, but former bosses. Uh, sometimes peers, sometimes people who have worked for me who are just better than me at something, friends and the like are, are part of that personal board of directors. And the way that you should think about building your board of directors is thinking about for that moment in your career, based on where you're at, what do you think your weaknesses are? What do you not know? What is the unknown unknown? Um, sometimes you, you don't know what it is. So sometimes it's find someone who's in the role that you aspire to. Sometimes it's understand what your two or three biggest weaknesses are. Um, one of mine, I neither like nor am good at internal politics, but I recognize that they exist. It took That took me a while, right? The acceptance and acknowledgement that they exist. And then using maybe in my case, clarity and empathy, right? I sort of am very direct. I address it head on. I will talk to people about it, but even learning to tone down some of my instincts to be too direct are things I learned from, from other colleagues and uh, classmates. I have a good classmate. She's a CHRO 
So she's a people person at a tech company. And when I have a really tricky one, I'll be like, Cindy, I want to tell this person this. I know I can't tell them this. What can I tell them? Like, how can I talk? Like, let's workshop this because I know what I'm about to say is not the right thing. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And, and that's been hugely helpful. So I don't know if that resonates with you, but that's definitely as I talk about it to people on my team or even to peers, certainly the way the way that I've been finding it to work well. Yeah, that's something I learned along the way is like when I was early in my career, I thought I had a list of things I had to accomplish and I needed to go get them done. I didn't realize that in order to be successful, what I needed to do is I needed to not go get these things done myself, but I needed to gather other people, get their opinions, make the ideas even better, and then bring everybody forward to go and get them done. And so that would really help me build my career even more. So I think this idea of the personal board is great because it does sort of bring you that diversity of opinion as well, beyond just sort of how am I going to do what I need to do. If we go back to mentoring itself, though, I think like you told me that you really noticed in your teams that people had challenges and that you wanted to kind of give them the opportunity to understand that like they had to build their own brands and they had to kind of identify and own who they were. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, the way I think about it is that they had to advocate for themselves and be willing to like negotiate. And for me, I think maybe it's some of it's building your own brand, but some of it's also believing in yourself and asking for what you need, want, deserve, whether that's in work or at home. And personally, I probably got to a, a comfort level with that earlier in my career than some other folks have for, for some ha- happy and sad reasons. My mom passed away when I was really young. I was 13. And that sort of thrust me into this place of, I was the lady of the house. <laughs> there were things that I had to go do, figure out, learn that just like you had to do it. But on on the happy side, um, I also had a dad who was not very mom-like at all. And um, in his, like he's a businessman and he sort of, it didn't matter whether you were a son or a daughter, he was a negotiator and he was going to show you that that was how life was done. So whether it was negotiating the rate to a rental car or your job title or your pay rate, those were things that were like underlying assumptions in the fabric of my family. So I sort of came away from this, both having been thrust into things young with a dad who's just like, no, it's assumed everything's negotiable and you get to like, unless you ask for it, you won't get it. So you should advocate for yourself. It took me a few years being, you know, post-college even before I realized that that was not the norm. And I would sort of encounter friends or my husband, even in, in some cases, we've talked about anecdotes where you and I even talked about this, like, he didn't know you could ever go back and be like, you gave me a B plus on this, but I think I deserve an A because I did this and this and this, and I want to show you my work or you know, whatever the thing is, it, his family just negotiating wasn't a thing. And I think women in particular tend not to negotiate for ourselves. So I spend a good bit of time with my teams. If, if there is someone that I don't think is negotiating for themselves, sometimes it, it works out not in my favor because they will come and ask me for more money, <laughs> but it's great. Cause I'll also be like, well, let's we'll really talk about this. Let's talk about the KPIs. Let's talk about the results. If you come to me with a proposal that's credible and we're like on the right path, I'm super going to advocate for you. If you come to me with a, I want, I need, and that's it. No, no. Right. I'm going to teach you how to go have that argument. So three months from now, we can have a conversation again and it's going to be much more compelling. And that someday down the road, when I'm not your leader, you feel confident having that dialogue. That's an interesting component because we recently had uh, Krista, who's on our board, uh, talk to our internal women's group. And one of the things that she said, which really plays into what you just said, is it's important to ask. But what you should ask for is the responsibility of the job you want 
not for the title of the job that you want. And if you can go and have the conversation to say, hey, I see the strategic thing that I think I could add a perspective to, and I'd like to own a project, which maybe I know you think is bigger than my capability. Can you take the risk and allow me to own this project, which then proves out that you're a director or you're sort of that next level? Like that is a better way than to say, oh, I've been told that I need to ask, so I'm going to ask you to make me a director. There's not a lot that people can do with that. No, they can't. That resonates with me so much, right? And and sometimes it's right what you're asking for should be both aligned to your personal needs, but also your business's personal needs, right? Sometimes it's as simple as negotiating for flex time, but sometimes it is. It's I want to be in this role next. If I look at what I'm doing right now and it's not yet there, I should negotiate to say, can I be part of this meeting? Can I lead this project? Can I can I get to training and test out this thing? And that then gives you the opportunity to say, look, do you agree that I've, I've proven out this capability? I'd like to take the next step. Yeah, totally. I think she makes a great point. So we're running out of time. We've had such a great chat. Two things. One is to wrap up this concept of mentoring. One of the questions that I think is hard to answer is where do people go to find a mentor? Yes, it is a great question. And I'll probably give a, a laundry list of places that you can look. Um, most of them are in your backyard in a sense, right? One is Look inside your company, but it doesn't have to be inside your team. Is there someone you respect? Is there someone that you've observed that has a different skill set than you do? That's a great place to look. Second is look at any company you have worked for with in the past. If you're early in your career, maybe you don't have that many work experiences. Think about professors. Think about, this is going to sound weird, but friends of your parents. I actually have someone that I call him that's a friend of my dad's that I learned some of his, back when I was in hospitality, like, My dad introduced me. The guy seemed smart. We jibed and he was in my career path aspirations. We still stay in touch. People that you've met through school and people maybe that you meet at conferences, events and the like, right? Even digital networking can turn into things. I recently attended, essentially there's an annual event for my undergrad. I'm no longer in that industry, but I attended this event and it was run by students. And afterwards, two of them were like, hey, I'd really love to pick your brain on something. And I'm like, I'm totally game. It can't be this month because I have a board meeting right now, but let's talk in April and we have time on the calendar, right? And I think it, it goes back to the advocacy piece. Sometimes it's people are too shy to ask. And again, if you don't ask, you don't know. And most people are flattered. They may not have time to give you an hour a week, right? But if you could call them once a quarter or call them ad hoc, um, that is something that many people are open to and, and are often happy to share their wisdom. So I definitely think folks should look in their backyard and in the virtuous circles beyond. Yeah, and one of the things I think that's important there is just that network right? And how do you build your network? One of the things I was pointing out is that we have these employee resource groups and they're cross-functional and they introduce you to different people. And so like really, I think the first thing about finding mentors is building your network and figuring out how can you build that network? How can you kind of get outside of your just your direct manager or like, you know, for earlier people in their career, they maybe don't have a big business network. Like I love the idea of like your parents, friends and things like that. It's awesome too. Oh, all of it. I will say one other thing that I've done, and I would encourage people again, ask your peers or your leaders. At my last organization, I had the selling team under me. I am not for a sales engineer. I've never done that job. I'm a fine leader, but I can't mentor you on certain parts of your job. And it was, we only had one, right? And he was growing into a building a team of three. I'm like, here's the deal. I know some great sales engineers from other companies. They're from 10 years ago. I think they like me enough that they're willing to talk to you. Do you want an intro? Right, made the intro and he talked to three. One of them he really gelled with. They now have a mentoring relationship. So um, definitely different ways to tap that network and ask to be your point. 
Yeah, that's excellent. Okay, so finally, here we are at the end of our podcast, and I have one closing question that I always ask everybody. And so my closing question for you is, what is the one marketing lesson that you learned in your career that you feel would be beneficial for people to kind of work through right now by listening to sort of what you learned early in your career? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's very simple. And it goes back to my core as a product marketer, and it's deeply know your audience and your customer. It sounds so basic, but what is really true is that a lot of folks don't. They get to know them on the surface only. They build a persona, but never actually talk to them. They do it based on some assumptions. It, there's so many reasons, right? You build better products, you build better messaging, you have better demos and sales enablement, all of it. It is not for the faint of heart, right? How do you do it? As I mentioned, I'm not there yet for full story. I haven't spent enough time yet, but it's spending time with your customers, going on sales calls, going on customer success calls, hearing the bad calls, listen to gong calls or sales loft recordings, doing maybe you have the opportunity if you're big enough to build a customer advisory board and actually somehow participate or listen to the recordings of those things, right? Probably the hardest is experiencing a day in the life of, but sometimes you can get some networking done where you might find a friendly, be like, hey, talk me through what happens, how is that going? And understand what it is that they're they're really about. And if you're in a position to hire, if you can hire someone who was a customer, that is also an amazing way to build your entire team's knowledge around it. But ultimately, it's deeply, deeply get to know your customer and your audience, and it will make everything a thousand times better and easier. I couldn't agree more with getting to know your customer. And I also am a big advocate that product marketers are like the best foundational roles and skills to grow up into leadership in marketing, into CMOs. I think we're seeing that a lot now that I think in the last five years has kind of been an awakening at the sort of CEO founder level in terms of the importance of product marketing as a skill set. And I love putting the customer at the center of everything. Like You really cannot go wrong when you put the customer at the center of everything. And if you look at B2C brands who empower their frontline individuals, like you came from hospitality. I mean, if you're in hospitality, you put the frontline in the place where they know the customer and they're able to make decisions and act right away. You see those brands just like rise to the top in terms of their value, what they're able to charge, everything. So great insight. Thank you so much. This has been such a great chat. And I just want to remind the listeners that every two weeks we have wonderful conversations with CMOs with amazing insights. I love the fact that people are so willing to come on the podcast and really share nuggets of information that they've learned along the way. I love that you have such a passion for mentoring. You can connect with Kirsten on LinkedIn, on Twitter, anywhere else. LinkedIn and Twitter are the primary. I'm not a super Insta gal, but like, yeah. What about Clubhouse? Are you a new Clubhouse hanger? Ooh, I am a Clubhouse hanger. I've done a few. I'm, I'm not convinced yet. I'm not convinced. Okay. We're starting to do more Clubhouse. We're hanging out. We started a revenue group at Clubhouse. Maybe you should join us. Mm, I'll try it. Yeah, I'll try check it. it out. If you like this episode, please like the episode. Go to your favorite podcast distribution area and give us hands up, stars, likes, whatever it is on your platform so that we can reach other people. And also reach out to me, not just Kirsten, but let us know who should we bring on to the show? Who should we talk to? Why? What are the things that are challenging you as you are in your career and trying to do the best marketing of your life? And I'm happy to talk about it. I'm happy to bring those lessons out to you through other people that are in our network or that we can just pound the doors down to get onto the show. So thank you so much, Kirsten. And thank you to my listeners. We'll be back. Thank you so much. It's been great being here, Trisha. And I look forward to listening to your next episode. Thanks. 